my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of HR Sound Off. Today, we are covering another feature of the HR Tech series that I started a couple episodes back. And we're going to take a little twist and talk about some more different types of tech, this time with my friend Danielle Tate. Danielle is from Jamaica, Mm -hmm. and she's going to tell us all about herself. So, Danielle, welcome to the Sambu. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. And first of all, um, congrats on such a wonderful podcast. It's really important to have a space where, you know, voices in the HR and HR tech for that matter can share. And so I really appreciate this opportunity. By way of introduction, um, as you said, I'm Daniel Tate. I'm CEO of a company called the Interview JM. And what we do, we have a twofold mission. Uh, one, We want to help companies um, with the pre-screening process. Why? Because if you have a business, you know, at all, one of your biggest things that impacts your bottom line is having the right people in the right seats. But in the Latam and Caribbean region, we have a peculiar challenge in that we have the world's largest skills gap. Yes. Right. And we're also lagging behind in terms of technology adoption, especially where HR is concerned. So what we want to do is to help to bridge some of those gaps by helping you um, assess your candidates a lot more easier, um, collect um, data as it relates to your candidates and employees so that you can improve your decision making and optimize the life cycle of your employees. Um, In addition, though, we have a social impact mission. being in a region with the world's largest skills gap, it means that if we don't fix that, then we're going to perpetually have a problem yeah. uh, with recruitment and impacting us also businesses and their ability to, to excel, right? So what we're doing is we have what we call the One Million Interviews Campaign and Initiative. It comprises of an employability academy that helps with bridging some of the knowledge gaps that youth have, you know, read the workplace and employment, um, giving them a place where they can go to get accurate information about how to deal with certain challenges, whether it's, you know, interviewing skills or if they're in the workplace already, but not, not understanding how to deal with workplace conflict, for example, or certain soft skills that are needed so that they can actually thrive in the workplace. Um, we help to bridge those gaps. So we have a number of tools launching in January, and you can hear more about it by following us at One Million Interviews on Instagram. All right, so that's my intro. <laughs> I am actually going to look for that right now. Following that, and then what did you say? What was the other one? So the interviewjm.com is our website, and that's where you can find out more about the HRS solutions, applicant tracking solutions, assessments, and so on that we have. Um, for our clients. Awesome. I really feel, Danielle, that what you're doing is so vital because over the last three weeks or so, I have been 
participating in some mock interviews through the Prince's Trust and also through the Ministry of Youth and Empowerment here in Barbados. And mm -hmm. if there's one thing that I'm realizing more and more is that our young people are lacking those skills in order mm -hmm. to enter the workforce. I almost still, I cry when I see mm -hmm. resumes. I, mm -hmm. I cry when I hear them speak and present themselves for interviews. And I feel like it's something that is very important and really needs to be done. So I yes. want thank you from the bottom of my heart for you know taking on that initiative in jamaica to help are you you know to be more ready um for the world of work because i think you know we've done them a dis a really disservice um so many of them are not ready they're not prepared they really really aren't and mm -hmm. it it's something that's very very painful for me personally to see as i you know engage in those um, areas of volunteering um, yes still have all of these challenges so let me ask you this Danielle though do you think that the system has the, the lack of capacity and bandwidth to handle it and that's why our young people are suffering why do you think that's really happening so I think there are, there are multiple problems and you know reasons why why this happens. Well, the first thing and, and what got me into this space to begin with mm -hmm. was becoming acutely aware of some of the socioeconomic differences. So persons who grew up in commu certain communities where they don't necessarily have the support and they don't get a certain level of awareness um, when they're growing up about you know the workplace and so on. Things that come naturally to me based on my upbringing um, don't come naturally to them, don't occur to them at all. And uh, I realize that there's this big gap from you know from you from when you're you're growing up, you know, just based on where you grew up and who you grew up around. So there is that first difference mm -hmm. that happens. That you know, part of that is the school system, but part of it is home. Yeah. Uh, so the school, you know, has some impact on on helping to bridge some of those gaps, but but there's some things that they can't do as well, right? right. Or or that they're not currently set up to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when we look at persons getting into high school or you know leaving high school, getting into university, the university is where I think a lot of us place a lot of expectation that, you know, you go to university because you're preparing to get a job. So you expect that person's, you know, come out with a certain skill set and understanding. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that we, the way the curriculum is right now, I mean, it's lacking in a lot of things needed for life, you know, and, and just thriving in society. So when we think about the fact that entrepreneurship, for example, is a new-ish topic, you know, and focus area for a number of schools, I mean, and that's, that's, to me, that's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. when we think about, um, you know, innovation um, and, and those focused topics on how to manage innovation projects are still not, you know, mainstream in a lot of schools, or a lot of universities, and that's ridiculous. Let's go to HR because this is a pet peeve of mine. Mm. I make it a habit to find the HR students, so university students who are studying HR. I find them on LinkedIn, and when possible, um, if you know they're interested to work with us, and we try to to work with them. And what I understand from the mindset of a lot of these young persons is that the way that they are being trained is on the the routine tasks that HR needs to do and they could go through a module on recruitment for example and still come out not really having a concept of what an applicant tracking system really can do for yeah. you 
what it really does. Like they have a basic understanding of what it is, but when they come out, it's still not, um, you know, good enough information for them to actually jump into a system and use it or understand the capabilities so that they could demand better or even make recommendations to their superiors when they get in the workplace based on you know the fact that they should have the advanced and up-to-date knowledge because they're they're the most recent school learners leavers you know they should know what's happening now Mm -hmm. they don't and you know it's like you're grooming them to come into a routine job where you're you're doing admin, more like admin type tasks, and you don't teach them that HR is the most important um, department in an organization. Yeah. You have a seat at the executive table based on the things that you bring to the fore. You're supposed to help to influence executive decisions, um, the future of the company. You have an impact in that. And how do you actually you know, help to fulfill that role starting from you know, what's the data that I'm collecting that we can use to generate insights that's going to help my head of department or my HR manager or my HR director look good when she's at that table? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, what, what is the work that I do on a day-to-day basis? How does that influence um, the, their ability to act strategically and to influence strategic decisions? I don't hear that type of um, discussion knowledge and thinking way of thinking yeah. uh, the the students and so I understand that there's a gap um, um, but I think part of it is the curriculum so in the U.S. for example you have these um, insight companies and what they do is they will analyze you know the roles that are in demand the skills that are in demand and they will help to provide that information to universities so that they can currently you know they can keep their curriculum up to date right based on the skills that we have a data gap in the Caribbean. Yeah. We don't know, and, and, and it's not for lack of um, opportunity or potential. We have the opportunities to collect data and to generate insights from them, but we need to work more collaboratively. And we yeah. need, the, and the companies who are established, who have access to that type of data and that level of information to actually care about um, generating insights that can influence and impact the, the wider labor market. And that's what's missing, I think. Absolutely. Um, you know, that level of, and it's not just at a Jamaica level, it should be at a Caribbean, Caribbean or a level. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we have CARICOM, right? Should, right. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know what CARICOM is, it, it's what we have here in the Caribbean for free, moving, uh, um, free movement of persons to the Caribbean to live and work. And as a result of that, then we should be able to have the necessary data um, to help people make educated decisions. I always um, equate this to like LinkedIn. So I'm glad you talked about that because I feel like it's important for people to understand. People use LinkedIn in order to make certain decisions. And 75% of the people who use LinkedIn use it to make career decisions. Yes. And um, that's one of the many things that I think we lack, especially in the Caribbean is proper utilization of this piece of real estate that we have been given for free that we're not using um well enough but in in it linkedin provides insights in itself that can help us um throughout the caribbean to build the necessary information or collect create collect uh, the insights that we need in order to you know help make decisions within our businesses that can help them to develop and grow and I really believe that we are lacking in that. And yes, as a Caribbean nation, 
we should be able to collaboratively, collectively um, work to put this data together to help our people. Yes, I would just challenge a little bit on that. So there are different levels of um, insights that you can collect um, or that you can determine or mine. And that depends on the type of data that you have access to. And I appreciate LinkedIn for its, you know, its, its global applicability. And again, you can, you know, it's, it's hugely beneficial. I'm a huge advocate for using LinkedIn. And I think in the Caribbean, we don't do a good enough job yeah. of letting in LinkedIn. However, I think if we're going to get truly, um, you know, really good in-depth insights where we can actually generate um, predictive or even um, prescriptive um, insights, then what we need to do is we need to have focused data collection in our region because a lot of things that are maybe applicable globally may not necessarily be applicable for us yeah. in the Caribbean. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So we do need to, you know, we can leverage LinkedIn and benefit from LinkedIn, but we do also need to have our own solutions right. um, to inform our own decision making mm -hmm. um, now in the Caribbean, because we're not we're not necessarily at the same stage as, as I mean, LinkedIn is heavily influenced, um, you know, Europe, US, look at where most of their members, yeah. their mm -hmm. members are. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be, their data is going to be heavily influenced by those regions. Right. And there are some things that we need to really look closer to home um, in order to generate accurate, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and more useful insights. So, um, but LinkedIn definitely is a great tool. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> and I, I was just using it as an analogy to say, like, you have something like that. And for us as a Caribbean, we need to have insights that are particular to us. Yes. Just yeah. think of like what you have on with LinkedIn and the insights you can grab from that. There's, we have so much potential because as you rightly said before, there are so many people in the Caribbean that are collecting data. Yes. But if we do it collectively, we could create something really amazing. And I was yes. just making the linkage to the amazing insights you get out of LinkedIn, but we can get that for ourselves with a yes. portal or something of our own that helps us to build those insights. Just yes. big. The technology exists. There's nothing we can't do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can give you an example. So I um, you know, one client, for example, that we helped with uh, implementation because we, we went from just selling software to um, helping through the implementation process because we realized there's a gap in HR in terms of knowledge of how to roll out a solution. And not mm -hmm. everyone, you know, some IT teams are really good at this and then you have others that aren't, are not so not, good at it. Yeah. And they need that support. So. Um, one of the clients that we finished up with, and they had a really supportive IT department. It was actually the IT department that was getting excited because and documenting the efficiencies that were gained from the software product being implemented. Aye. I thought HR would have been super excited about this, but IT was the one that was excited. Yeah. HR were like, okay, on to the next thing. I have another stack of paperwork to now shift focus to. Whereas IT was just like, look at this. Um, you know, usually hiring managers would take two weeks to review like a hundred resumes or, you know, whatever the number was. And IT was able to deduce that, you know, no, they actually were able to complete um, assess, you know, review of over 200 um, resumes in a, a fraction of the time. They were saving like 20 hours 
on the process yeah. um, because of this the implementation of this new tool and there were a ton of other of other improvements but if we were able to get that sort of data for example and we knew that across industries or we knew that across you know the caribbean that would force HR departments with that those insights and that information to say, okay, this is where we are. So we, we can benchmark now against what the, the, the going rate is in terms of for time to hire or time to productivity or, you know, based on the number of applicants that we're getting um, that are get, making it through to the screening process. And now we, can, we have a way to, to get competitive now to say, okay, how can we improve so that we can provide a better service as a department to the organization, yeah. better efficiencies. So if you start, you know, if you start collecting the data and then you have access to regional standards, you can now start to, to, to really see how you can make improvements mm -hmm. and really see how you are doing as a department versus how you should be doing or could be doing yeah. and, you know, go from there. And, and, and so even at that level, mm -hmm. I think, um, there's so much potential for use of, of information, but we just lack sometimes the collection of the information and sometimes the utilization of the information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I just saw your face light right up as you started. <laughs> Listen, you have to reel me in, you know, because I, this is my topic. So. <laughs> I know, I know, but no, I want you to go because I want people to understand it, get a better appreciation. What are some of the top, tech right now that you think um, as HR in the Caribbean looking to implement HRIS, HRIS software or ATS software, um, what are some of the top pieces of tech that you're working with right now that you think would be really good for, for our audience to partake of? So um, I'm going to, so, so this is going to sound really like redundant but the fact of the matter is we have a ton of companies that still are using excel um and files yeah. to manage data and i cannot encourage enough whether you know to get an hris in place um you know reason being most of our companies uh, and here in the caribbean we have a lot of expatriates um mm -hmm. right we have persons who live in europe persons who live in the us they have data standards um that need to be adhered to for their for their citizens yeah. but also for example here in jamaica a lot of caribbean countries have jamaican citizens we now have a data standard we have our own data protection um policy that's in place that ought to govern how um, data concerning our citizens are managed and it's not just about being an adherence to legal requirements, right? It's also protecting the company. And it's also allowing you to perform at a standard where um, you can you can really play at a global level. You can so it's it's beneficial for your organization. It's not just about meeting compliance standards, right? Um, so the first thing is again, I think a lot of companies are still missing uh, just a basic proper HRs. It sounds so silly, you know, when you ask me about like, what is the tech that we need to get in place right now and to talk to bring up an HRS, but you'd be shocked at the number of organizations that don't have something basic like that in place. Yeah. Preach it, preach it. <laughs> I mean, it, it. Yes, it helps with compliance, but also when you think about it, it makes your world so much more efficient. Um, when you think about even COVID and, you know, people still having to go to work because 
HR still having to go to work. Because they don't have no HRS system. They don't have, you know, cloud-based systems Nothing. where you can promote even. I, I mean, that, you know, that's... that's I can't it, imagine it, but I've heard it. I've heard so many people go say to me, um, oh, I have to go into the office today because I need to go and check this file, that file. And I'm like, huh? Uh, you can't just pull it up on your phone or on your system at home. No, 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 we don't have... Um, we don't have those kind of systems. I'm like, what? You don't what? have what? I was like, yeah. how? I just yeah. don't, don't understand it. When you think about, we, you know, for example, I was on a call last week um, doing a demo for a potential client. And one of the questions they were, they were asked were about whether or not you need to manually tab, you know, t- um, tabulate time off, for example. So manually calculate that so that that could then be, I mean, I can just imagine how draining that work is yeah. and how much that takes when you have hundreds of employees you know <clears throat> so what I'm saying is or, or even you know up to 100 employees I mean I, I, th- I just think there are things that should be prioritized um, that are not for example the HRS and know where other technologies are concerned I don't advocate technology for technology's sake the technology right. must be solving a problem yeah. so that's going to vary depending on what your organizational needs are yeah. if you're you know, for example and you do a ton of recruitment an HRS system is likely not going to provide you with the type of recruitment functionality that you probably need in order to optimize your recruitment process. Uh So maybe you need an additional applicant tracking system that then integrates into your HRS. Um, So, you know, things like that. Or maybe it is that you operate in an environment where you need, you know, very specific skill sets and you realize a lot of the persons that you've been recruiting, they just don't meet the cut. It could be a knowledge thing or it could be a soft skills thing. <clears throat> so based on that, maybe you need to implement um, some additional steps in your process. Maybe utilize a psychometric assessment or maybe utilize a hard skill assessment, um, things like that. Yeah. There, are other, there are other teams now that may have more performance management issues. So maybe it is that you realize that, you know, you, you don't have a good handle on you know, how your, what the productivity is like is in your organization. Mm-hmm. What's your um, net promoter score in terms of your employees? How satisfied are you with, with, are they with you as an organization? If that is a huge issue for you and you realize that's impacting productivity and that's, that's something you need to fix, then maybe you need mm-hmm. to invest in a tool that's specific to that. So uh, it's kind of hard for me. There, there's so many, HR has so many niches. Yes. Um, you know, there are tons of ways that you could go. You have, security specific technology for HR because you're managing employee and candidate data. Um, sometimes you're managing information that, that's supposed to be really secure. And so you need tools that are geared towards that. So there's yeah. so many ways to go. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I, what I want to focus on because <clears throat> we're in the Caribbean, we tend to lag behind with tech adoption and the companies that already have these basic things in place, they're, they're fine. They can afford to experiment with tools and, and try new things, and they're likely to be further ahead. Yeah. So what I want to focus on are um, really the, the tech tools that you need in order to, to just kind of have basic efficiencies, uh-huh. uh, you know, basic level of security, mm-hmm. et cetera. And again, that would be your HRS um, software. Now, it's a shameless plug, you know, we're representatives of Bamboo HR. Yeah. And, you know, we, we scoured tons of HR tools before I chose to partner with Bamboo HR. And the reason I partner with them is because 
uh, the a bit the level of customization that's allowed in the right. Caribbean complain a lot of times that we do things differently even across the Caribbean islands we do things differently and a lot of times companies will want to sell you software and it's you know you have to just adhere to what they have bamboo is built so that you can have good customizations within the tool itself <clears throat> so you can drop in you know a form that bamboo doesn't have um, and you can have it where signatures can be done and you can manage the process that you already have in the system, mm -hmm. even though that didn't come standard with the system. Right. Um, and so I, that's what I love about Bamboo. It's really user-friendly, which is a huge issue for Caribbean um, technologies where, yeah. you know, we, we have technologies built in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, User-friendliness is a lot of times an issue. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to bring technology into the company, your employees have to want to use it. Yes. You know, if they don't, you've wasted your money. Mm -hmm. They're going to drag out the, the implementation. Process, implementation process, yeah. They're going to drag out the rollout. It's going to, when it fails, it's going to reflect on you. You need yeah. technology people actually want to use. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is um, the with Bamboo HR, yes, it's, it's you know, the with pricing, there are always a segment of companies that don't budget for something or they have difficulty with affordability. But for the vast majority of companies, whether they're, you know, small, medium or large, depending on the number of employees, it's a, it's fairly affordable when you compare it to some of the big names that we, you know, recognize in, in technology. So in HR tech. So um, I would say for those reasons, Bamboo is a great option. My purpose here isn't to sell it, though. My purpose here really is just to um, encourage persons to to just start investigating an HR system if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, so many benefits to it. Um, and yeah, I'll focus on that one because that's, I think, yeah. one of the biggest gaps we have. Thank you so much for sharing that information. I like, I agree with you. Um, definitely. I work with Bamboo HR. I'm also a partner with Bamboo HR. Yes. Um, and yes, it definitely is one of those pieces of software that I feel like I don't know how I lived without it before. And there are so many out there, but the easy access and the easy ease of use that yes. exists with bamboo is something that is almost very very difficult to find i also i love their tutorials they have yes. little, they have a youtube channel you can always go quickly to the youtube the tutorials and get some information they're very friendly i love that their videos are almost completely animated in that the way that they do it is like very yes this actually will happen in my organization yes, yes. makes sense and i can <laughs> see how i need to follow this through um, or how I can actually make this piece of software work for my organization. So I do love that about Bamboo HR. And they also have a virtual conference, which I love. I attend every yes. year. I love the yes. Bamboo HR virtual conference. I learned so much from the different speakers at that conference as well. So um, it definitely is one of those pieces of HRS um, tech that you definitely need, but has so many other additional benefits tied to it that really yeah. helped you as an HR professional to become more well-rounded. So um, that was not a, a shameless plug at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have all for that. Thank you so much for sharing. So tell us, Danielle, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think other HR professionals would benefit from? All right. So there are a ton of HR conferences. Um, I focus a lot on HR tech, but I do like to also dabble in anything that's relating to talent. So um, personality insights, um, anything relating to the top skills, especially soft skills. 
um, anything relating to what the future of work is like. So, um, for example, um, you know, there are some conferences that I've attended recently, all virtual conferences. Um, and I would encourage persons to just, um, you know, a lot of these organizations like Deloitte, like um, Bamboo, for example, yeah. um, they always participate in, you know, global conferences. Mm -hmm. And sometimes here in the Caribbean, we support our local conferences, but we may not be aware, so aware of what's happening globally. globally. I would encourage us to tune into some of those simply yeah. because, um, you know, it's, it's really important to understand what's happening at a global level um, because, sometimes their way of thinking you know they've passed through certain they've gotten past a certain learning curve yes. they've moved on to certain things and it can really enhance our way of thinking Absolutely. and I would encourage us to do that so yes. for example um, one of the books that I read recently um, work rules um, forgive me I can't remember I can look up his name really quickly but uh -huh. I think his, that name is Laszlo I can't remember his first name okay. but um, he or last name rather, but he actually worked at Google and what he spoke about, what he speaks about in that book was how they approached um, a lot of things as it relates to their employees and, uh, you know, at Google. And so, for example, when he spoke about candor, mm -hmm. um, a lot of persons think that, OK, candor is just, you know, um, you know, when I'm having maybe my discussions with my subordinates, I'm very clear with them about my criticisms or what their challenges um, or the challenges I'm having with them are, et cetera. But what he mentioned was that at Google, they actually have as part of their culture, you do not backbite and, and undertalk anyone. Yeah. So you come to a manager superior and you say something negative about that person, mm -hmm. expect an email CCing you and that person to say, listen, I got this feedback. Let's hash it out. No, yeah. you know, no, you know, talking back, yeah. his back. Oh, that's like a different level of candor <laughs> yeah you know almost um, like radical candor radical candor exactly mm -hmm. and you know so so things like the ways of thinking you know things that are just different a lot yeah. of times we don't have the time to necessarily think about that in the day-to-day -day, but when you take the time to read these books and attend these conferences you get exposed to what yeah. others are doing um, and I think that's really important. So yeah. what I can do after, I can probably share with you a list of some resources. Yes, and I will um, share them in the comment section yeah. of, the, of the, this episode. I was just looking at Work Rules by Laszlo Bock. Yes, Insights Bok. from Inside Google. I actually have this book. Yes. I haven't read it's it as yet, but I book. do have it. It's, um, someone had recommended it to me sometime back. And um, I now, yes, definitely will pick it up and give it a read. Um, yeah. So thank you for in sharing that. Yes, of course. In addition, I would recommend HR professionals. Um, don't just focus on HR, but think about the skills that we need going forward. So mm -hmm. we need a certain level of, um, you know, understanding of how to use tech and familiarity with tech. Yeah. So, so try and get familiar with some of those topics. Listen to some of those podcasts in addition to this podcast, yeah. you know, you know, get some of those books because when you start to hear the terms that they're using and you start, you know, we're all familiar with Agile, you know, but let's move past that now. Like, you know, there are a lot of, um, you know, tech topics and terminology and, you know, mm -hmm. things that we can get exposure to. And what it does is that when you're actually working with a tech team or your IT team to do an implementation, you're more familiar with the process. You're more familiar with the terminology. You can have more constructive conversations with them and you can get a better 
um, workflow going and better output going. Absolutely. So, for example, if you know you have an implementation coming up, probably do some research on what that typically looks like. Get familiar with, with the process. Get, you know, get an understanding. Yes, you are in HR, but at the end of the day, this is hugely impactful for your department. If this is a success, that's a huge win for you, especially yeah. if you're a manager or director, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're an employee and you can step up to the plate and kind of help to own parts of the process, I mean, that's, that's a huge win for you, career Absolutely. Absolutely. You separate yourself from everyone else in the department. I kind of trying, you know, stepping up to the plate, taking ownership. Yes, it may be an additional project, but it's a new skill set that you're honing. Yeah. You can have eyes on you you can get some attention maybe persons will see hmm, an opportunity to groom you you know for example if your department doesn't have an analyst right now you know hr analyst but you're doing some maybe hrs implementation there's opportunity now for someone to step up to the plate to show that they have the ability um to move maybe from some of the more routine activities that they've been doing to a more strategic activity mm -hmm. and if you show yourself very early as someone with the potential and with the interests i mean you know there's opportunity that you could be oh, creating exactly exactly i think it's really important that people understand that when you can't you may not be able to get promoted up but you can move laterally and you can yes. move, you can develop a growth mindset Yes. Once you develop the growth mindset, it means that you are interested in developing and growing yourself and you can see opportunities in the organization that they don't see. And I always say to people, your organization doesn't know everything it needs. They yeah. don't. But yes. if you are having, yeah. if you have a vested interest in your organization, you will come up with ways to show them, look, I recognize this deficiency. Yes. I'm doing this and I can help fill that gap by doing this. Yes. Give me a trial period six months a year whatever let's see how this works and if you like it please can we implement this position yes yes it's a whole different speak when you have a growth mindset yes and they're very affordable platforms right now global platforms like ai for hr is one for example um there, there are several of them i can give you some of the links later also josh bursting academy has made it a lot more accessible now mm -hmm. as well for hr professionals who want to and and he's focused on like re hr research and future of, of yeah. hr and so, so if you and they have a wealth of topics um associated with this but you know hr tech but also just general research and and updated knowledge re hr mm -hmm. these are these are now priced at a way that, you know, individuals can afford. Yeah. So we're talking about 19 and $25 a month US, you know, so it's something that you can, you can save up for and do on your own, you know, yeah. take these courses, get those certificates, get the knowledge, mm -hmm. um, and then make persons in your organization aware that you're thinking in this direction, that you have these, these new knowledge and these new, you know, skill sets Still. that you want to own. Yeah. See, project opportunities that can come up within your department yeah. um, and, and leverage that to help, you know, help give your, your career a boost. I mean, Absolutely. you know, it's, we have to take it into our own hands if the organization is not necessarily in the change, right? Yes, definitely. I could not agree with you more. Thank you so much, Danielle, for sharing, sharing <laughs> all of these insights today. We are in wrap-up mode. So okay. Tell, tell the audience what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now. All right. So I think I, I mentioned this before and I'm going to reiterate it. I think the biggest misconception is, you know, persons coming into the profession 
thinking it's about, you know, administration, thinking it's about, you know, you know, getting, you know, paperwork done and things like that. And that is a huge part of um, the function, but there are tech tools that do that now. And, uh, you know, what we want is to have HR persons coming out automatically also being treated as leaders, because that's what HR is supposed to be. It's a strategic leadership position. And so each HR person, even if you enter an organization and you're your, some of your work is, you know, getting some of those administrative things done. That's fine. But you should have a future um, plan for yourself as to how do you transition into leadership and how do I develop the skills needed for leadership? And while I'm doing what I'm doing, how can I, you know, take on projects or get mentors or kind of learn and get groomed into that? Because yeah. what HR is, mm-hmm. it's a role within the organization that's really supposed to be helping to steer the direction of the organization in conjunction with the remainder of the rest of the leadership team and that's what it is so if you come out of university and you don't have a concept of that then something is wrong and if you enter an organization I know it's easy for us sometimes to get um, jaded you know when we're doing something for so long you know but I want to help ask you to find a way to re-energize yourself yeah and get more excited about your your career uh-huh. because there are opportunities and you can be the leader to to enact some of those changes you know within your organization what i think um is missing sometimes is mentorship because if you're in an organization where they don't have those types of uh, strategic activities for hr and you're not exposed to it sometimes you don't know what's possible and you don't know how yeah. to get use linkedin uh-huh persons on LinkedIn who are probably a little ahead of you in terms of maybe their exposure mm-hmm. and how, you know, their, their, their role yes. and network with them, get mentorship, um, ask for advice and try to be the game changer in your organization mm-hmm. little by little, if you can, yeah. and definitely where you're, you invest in your own development using some of these resources that we mentioned, um, because the biggest misconception is that HR is, supposed to be reactive hr is an administrative function that is the biggest misconception in my opinion ever Mm you know um so i say you know we need to change that and the way we change that is by getting individuals excited about this career path again and re-educating them Mm -hmm. on you know what is possible as an HR professional at various levels. You don't have to be an HR manager or director to play a strategic role in your organization and to mm-hmm. make an impact. You don't. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think that you have really put the icing on the cake with that um, misconception cleanup that you did. I really appreciate it. Could not agree with you more. Can you please tell the beautiful people listening to this episode where they can find you on social media, Danielle? Sure. So I'm going to reiterate one, the number one million interviews on Instagram. Um, We're so excited for what is going to be launched soon with the OMI Academy and campaign. Um, But also you can find us at the Interview JM on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and of course our website, interviewjm.com. Thank you so much, Danielle. I really appreciate you joining me today. This was an amazing um, discussion. I believe this is probably part one and there will be more. There's so many things that we could have touched on, but time is just not on our side. 
<laughs> but I really thank you so much for joining me today, Daniela. I know that right now um, you are enjoying some dry, um, after very much wet. Uh, <laughs> I hope that that continues and everything goes well. But um, I wish you all the best. I look forward to hearing so much more from you about you. Um, collaborating with you at some point I just look forward to um, what's in the future for us as well so thank you once again thank you thank you for joining us in the sound booth today I hope that you found this information from this episode useful you can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney that's I am Julie Turney and you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again in the next sound off.